Welcome to The Sustainable Life. This is Joshua Spodak. I'm here with Jonathan Hardesty for conversation number five. Yeah. And Good to be here, man. Glad to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. And yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. I was I was a little under the weather, you know. You knew you knew that. I wrote you an email and and uh, just told you I was. I think it was last week or something like that. Was it last week or this this past week? I can't remember. But I'm good now. I'm good. And you were like, "There's a virus going around," you know. I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. "Oh yeah, yeah." <laughs> and I'm glad that you're doing well because you're being very gracious. So, listeners, I cannot tell a lie. I <laughs> hit the wrong button and deleted the original recording. This is the second time that we're recording Jonathan's experience on acting on his. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So. Yeah. Part of why I'm doing these episodes with you is for hosts-to-be to hear how to do this photic method. Mm-hmm. And I think as much as I wish the, the original recording, I didn't accidentally delete it. <laughs> and I appreciate your graciousness. Oh, it's fine, man. Yeah. And I'd rather not us try to act like we're doing something that we are. <laughs> yeah. that we're, you know. and, yeah. But also, in a funny way, it'll get people, people will see that this is a very genuine, I predict that this will be a genuine conversation that you're really mm-hmm. speaking, even though you've done it before, you're not really going to have to fake it because I think that people have genuine, authentic experiences when they act on their sustainability values Yeah, and that they're happy to share it. And that even if, you, if you're a potential host or you're just doing this yourself with, with friends, mm-hmm. it works even when, yeah. I mean, people have an experience that they really like and they really like to share it. And that underscores how much I believe that as this catches on, it will virally sh- mm-hmm. people want to share it with each other, even mm-hmm. when they know it's coming. It's it feels good to share how things worked out. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, it's I have a lot of work to do in communication. <laughs> uh, as I, a I can, teacher, as a yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I'm a teacher, and so and I'm a good teacher actually too. I'm a very good mm-hmm. teacher, but but I wouldn't say that I'm a good communicator, which is kind of funny. I know that sounds bizarre, but I, I think the reason I'm a good teacher with art is because I've really spent a lot of time thinking about the concepts and breaking them down and having to say it a number of different ways. And so that give that gives me the appearance that people will think that I'd be a good communicator in other areas, but I would actually stumble quite a bit. And And I don't think my wife at all would say that I was a great communicator. I think she would say I'm a very... I want the best out of the communication and I, I want, I like, I value her and things like that. But I say things that are not, I always, I, I envision myself kind of like a fisherman where I, I say something and then I reel it back in and then I have to reel it back in and, and, I, and it's not quite what I meant, you know, and I struggle with that to, to really say what I mean. And, and I, I think part of it is I'm trying to figure out what I mean by saying it, which is not the best way of communicating <laughs> So this is all great. Anyways, I'm saying all that just to say this is great. Like doing it twice and going over this and and hearing it for me is great as well because I get to, in some ways it plays to my strengths because I get to think about things a little bit more and then come at it again. And and the nice thing is, is I'm always just honest and upfront. So it's like my dad used to say when I was, was little, he said, look, it's much easier to keep track of things if you just tell the truth. He said, if you have to keep track of lies, he said, it's awful. So he said, if you, if you always tell him the truth, you know, it'll always be the same story. And so, you know, I'm just going to say the same things that I said before, hopefully. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. and, and, you know, so it's not a problem. It's like, well, this was my experience. This is how I felt. And so that it's not a problem to do that. You now know? That's at your end, you being someone who likes to talk and communicates. Mm-hmm. I think also on the technique, it's, it's mm-hmm. not asking someone to redo their taxes. Right. Uh, uh, presuming right. people don't enjoy their taxes. This is something that, yeah, it does take time. 
but it's exploring an emotional experience. Well, yes. let's see, let's get into it. For the people who don't remember, what led you, what was the motivation to take a commitment on? Mm-hmm. I mean, I walked you through it, but something inside of you led you to do a commitment. And then what was the commitment? And don't share yet what, what you yeah. did, but just what, what did you commit to? Do you mean originally or do you mean this most recent one? So Let's I, talk I the did the original. With the, with okay. the bottles. Yeah. So the most recent, sorry to interrupt you. The, the most recent one was canned, like canned drinks and bottled water, like those kinds of things, like those kind of uh, prefab or not prefab, but like bottled and canned drinks, I guess is, is what I was avoiding. But I didn't do anything, even if it was glass or something like that. I, just, I didn't drink anything like that. I just had water or had, you know, something like that. And I think I started thinking about that as the next step, I was, I was picking up trash first. So the very first thing that I did was picking up trash. Mm-hmm. So uh, around my neighborhood, I would pick up trash and, and I went through that process and I started to see, I was like, there's not going to be that much trash in my neighborhood. I, I thought, well, I should have picked something else. Like after the first week I started doing it and there was trash everywhere. And I started seeing the trash then as opposed to just not seeing it, which was weird, but I just sort of accepted it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But then the trash I started seeing it was those things. It was the one-off, you know, not reused. Yeah, disposable. Thank you for the Mm -hmm. word. Sorry. Uh, The disposable stuff is what I started noticing. And I would see, I remember I saw somebody, they put down like a uh, McDonald's bag or something. We were at the park and they just literally set their families, like the the trash from McDonald's. Like it was in tucked in the bags nicely and everything. And they literally put it next to their car and then pulled away and just left it like right there. And, but then I thought to myself, so that that's, you know, that's, and I was like, man, why would they, why would they do that? But it's those types of situations that made me think, well, wait, like just cause I'm putting it in a trash can, it's better, but it's still like, I'm still, somebody's got to deal with that, you know? So mm-hmm. I took it and put it in a trash can, but I'm just like, basically it, it's still good. It's better to do that, but, but I'm passing it off to the next person to deal with, you know? So and my word uh, for it is shuffling. It's just shuffling it around. Yes. It's not yes. reducing the virgin production. Right, right. And so I really, and, and it, I wanted to do something a little bit more sacrificial as well. And this sounds funny, but I don't drink soda ever. Like I, I really never do, but I love those like LaCroix or like the bubbly drinks or whatever, those things. Like I love those things. And the flavored uh, ones? Or the- yeah. Yeah. The flavored ones. Like, I, I mean, I like club soda too or whatever, just the, the plain one too, but, but I like those a lot. And so I thought, all right, well, that would be a good one for me to, because that's a lot of cans. That's a lot of bottles or whatever, cans and stuff. You know, so I thought, I'm going to do that. And I didn't tell anybody in my family. So mm-hmm. it was in my fridge. Like we, we would get it. I was in my fridge. I didn't say anything, but I just stopped. I just didn't didn't drink it, you know. And, avoid, and actually, when I went over to someone else's house, I don't know if, when was that? I think, I, I can't remember when that was. But she asked me, well, do you want a bottle of water? Do you want this? I said, no, I want, I want it from the sink. And I, uh-huh. and so I, and it was kind of like, it made it a little bit uncomfortable because I could tell, I could tell she didn't want to give it to me from the sink, uh-huh. but, uh, but so I had to say, and I said very, I was like, nope, from the sink like that. And so, oh, okay. You, you know, I got a dirty dish or I got a, whatever, you know, <laughs> or dirty well, okay, so the motivation was your experience picking stuff up mm-hmm. and seeing that it was greater than you thought. Yeah. I read off of that disgust or helplessness or something like that? Yeah, I think sort of disgust at myself too. You know, I, I think disgust at the situation, but then at first, at first, you know, like when someone puts down their bag and just drives off, you're like, ah, that guy's a jerk, you know? 
He's like, doesn't care about anything or doesn't care about other people or whatever. And I'm like, well, and like, you know, that's probably, maybe that's not true. And also I, I probably should turn that finger inward and look at that and see what you, you, cause I'm probably not much different because he might even make the argument to me. Well, you're just throwing it in a landfill. What's the difference? Like he could even make that argument to me. I'd be like, well, that's true. You know? <laughs> so something about self-awareness, self, yeah. like, an, an, an introspection that I read as being a rewarding, that you anticipate being a rewarding experience. Yeah, I think it's all been bundled up with the idea that I consume too much. And I think the feeling, it's a root feeling of, without realizing it, that I'm justified in that. Not that I'm justified, like, I, I don't think, I wouldn't, wasn't thinking this consciously, like, I deserve to destroy things or something. You know, I, I wasn't thinking that, but I think subconsciously I was thinking like, there's nothing wrong with this or, or this is what everybody does or this is what, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure what, what I was really thinking about it like internally, but I just know that I was functioning as if I was justified in doing that. So, so I it, hear a, an anticipation of, of growing stewardship that was mm-hmm. absent and, and, and undoing an, lack of awareness, a, a, a self-indulgent, ignorant self-indulgent, if that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, and, and just a... I, like, I would get mad at someone else, and it's kind of silly to get mad at someone else when I'm kind of doing nothing to to stop that or, or to, to contribute towards that. I'm not really contributing, to, so I can get mad and feel good about myself because I got mad because I was, oh, man, I'm incensed that someone mm-hmm. is, is like that, but then I just go home and be like... Psh- crack open the bubbly and <laughs> throw uh-huh. it, you know you know what i mean so it's it's that process of becoming more aware and oh did you feel hypocritical and did you feel is gluttony too big of a word no i think gluttony is dead on i do think gluttony is dead on i think and a lot of times i've i've said this before when i've talked about gluttony and it bugs me because whenever somebody talks about gluttony and my wife deals with this too cuz she she works with people to get them to exercise and start making healthier choices and things like that and so everybody's always focused on their body size. So when I was like, for instance, when I was in college or in high school, I was so unbelievably gluttonous with food. It was unreal. And I was gluttonous with food, but I wasn't fat. You know, all that would burn off. I was like play basketball or do whatever and things like that. But I would sit down and have a bag of chips. Like I just like eat the whole bag of chips, you know, and that it was totally unnecessary. It wasn't like I needed that food. It was just, it was like satiating some sort of, like even just boredom or something. It was, you know, and so I feel, I really feel like gluttony is, is almost a state of mind as opposed to a, like, you know, being fat or something like that. Cause everybody always thinks like, if you call someone like you're gluttonous, it means that you're fat. Like they're, well, they're, if they're not fat, they're not gluttonous. I'm like, that's not true. So I, I think that's a fair assessment to say. If you have the idea, which, which, you know, I, I did subconsciously, like I can consume, 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 consume without any consequences or, or just not being aware of the consequences or not thinking about them or whatever. That's gluttony. I mean, I think it is, you know, people say you're glutton for punishment or you're glutton. You can be a glutton for other things, you know, not just food, electricity, whatever comfort, you know, laziness. Gluttony is like, I would expect to see slovenly, like, their clothes are unkempt and there's spaghetti sauce all over. Right, 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 right. Sauce. Yeah, yeah. But you're saying, and this rings true, is that it's a state of mind. Yeah. And and that's what's presented like, so you know me coming from the, the 
Christian perspective. Like biblically, that's the way gluttony is presented, which is bugs me that the churches don't talk about it because, and it relates to all those other areas. Like it's always listed with other things and the things that it's always listed with when it's, when gluttony is mentioned are about consuming too much or like you, like an improper relationship sort of with those other things, you know? So it would be like, you know, biblically it would be like a lot of times it'd be like people that are having sex with everyone or whatever, or people like, so it's always like this over, like this overindulgence is what it's listed with. Yes. It's like gluttony and, and, um, what's for not prostitution, but when someone sleeps around a lot, there's, um, uh, yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah. Just like, uh, licentiousness or whatever, or like, like yeah, yeah. And they'll associate gluttony with that and they'll make it sound bad because of its association with that, but the gluttony on its own. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But what's so funny is whenever a pastor preaches on that, I don't think I've ever heard a pastor preach on that subject and focus on gluttony. So they always move to the next part and Mm -hmm. skip over that, but they never say half this congregation, all, all you sitting there, half of you are obese. Like that's wrong. Like, (laughs) because they're just going to get blasted, you know, if they, if they say that now there are pastors that, that would say that, but I just haven't heard, I just haven't heard them talk about it in that way. And, and I guess also you open yourself up to like, if you're lazy and you're overweight and you don't, you don't take care of your body and you don't, you're not a steward of your body, then you have to, you're going to come under fire too, which is fine. It's fine. Like nobody thinks a pastor is perfect ever, but they'd have to admit that and say, let's work together to, to get past this, you know? And so some people aren't willing to, you know, it's always like the fat pastor that's talking about self-control or something. And you're just like, okay, yeah. (laughs) Now I know that there'd be people in the audience who would say, but my condition, I have some sort of condition that makes it Mm -hmm. impossible for me to be otherwise, which Maybe that's the case. Maybe it's not. Let's mm-hmm. say that is the case. Yeah, yeah. That still wouldn't apply to our environmental. I mean, what right. what one does personally with one's own body, you know, in a world where there are all these estimations of how much, say, diabetes affect or right. heart disease affects the economy and so forth, it, it does yeah. affect others. Yes, but yes. Much less directly than it affects oneself. Right. But in terms right. of pollution, it immediately affects others. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, right. We've, we've explored the motivation a bunch more than most. And I think that, I think it's very important because a lot of times people have a, a rewarding experience or what they have, they have an experience doing their challenge and the experience of the challenge becomes what they like. If they have a really good experience, they start feeling like, Oh, I really enjoyed it. This is what it's all about. Right. But their actual motivation was something different mm. and to motivate someone else. It's more useful to be aware of one's own motivations mm. before we did it not right because yeah. like say i do something like i'm i'm not flying mm-hmm. and i find more adventure more cuisine mm-hmm. more of all these things that i used to get from flying mm-hmm. and so i tell people i mistakenly tell people it is it's, it's great because not flying has brought me all these things but right. that's not where they are and it wasn't where i was i mm-hmm. wasn't thinking i want more adventure maybe i should stop right flying. right so i have to that that original motivation is very important to be in touch with. And and can mm. you clarify very clearly what did you commit to in a sentence or two? Yeah. So I committed to not consuming disposable drinks over the course of two two weeks. I think it was or, a month. It was a month. A month. A month. Okay. Walk I've us just through been, the month. I've just been doing it, so I I I've just kept it on, so I've just I forgot. Oh, yeah, and it's been yeah. more than even when we recorded the first time that got lost. 
that was well over a month because just right. schedules. Right. So yeah. me messing up the schedule, guys, and me. Like, well, that's another. Now, we both, yeah. <laughs> I got that book too. I got that book. I'm going to start reading it. So oh, anyway. Getting things done. Yeah. From previous yeah. guests, yeah. David Allen, in front of mine. Okay, so walk us through. Go from when it first happened to, to mm-hmm. now. There must have been several stages of planning. and um, right. Walk us through what happened. So there wasn't, didn't need to be too much planning for me because I didn't, well, I thought about just getting rid of those things or whatever, but I didn't tell the family. I just said, I'm just going to do this and see if somebody notices or what happens or different things like that. But the first couple of days actually were kind of, I felt it those first two days that <laughs> I would go and reach where I'm like, oh, I can't have that. I'm like, oh man, that's things. Like I realized how much of a, like I kind of made it a part of my day and I have a little bit of a ritual in some sense, in some sense, because I work from home and I'm an artist in my studio. So I, there's certain things that I've realized are part of that kind of ritual of getting, you know, getting ready for work and then coming in and sitting down and doing, you know, I do sort of the same things, but like subconsciously I do some of the, some of the same things. So I felt that like jar of, Oh, can't do that. You know? And then I, but I was like, dang, I really want to want to do it. And actually I forgot one day, because I went to, I, I trained at an MMA gym. And so in the summer in Texas, even if, even when they run the AC, it's very, very hot. And that was something that uh, I think it was like the first week I was doing it or something like that. I would bring a, a container of water and I was, I would bring generally a small one if I needed something extra, which sometimes you did because you just sweat so much. They have a machine there. So I would go to the machine and get, you know, a bottle of water or whatever from the machine. And so I forgot and I got that. I was like, dang it. Like halfway through drinking it, I was like, ah, I was supposed to be doing this. I was, I was like, dang it. So I, I did that, but it was so much a part of just what I did when I was there. And, you know, once when you're super tired and that's probably why I wasn't thinking because I was, I had just been smashed for like an hour and a half, you know, and, and feeling super tired. So, so that was the first part. But after about the, a week, I was good. I was good. And, and I, I honestly feel like whatever at this point, I feel like it's, I'm not missing that much. And you know, we had fruit. I started putting fruit in the water because I like that flavor. And, and then I could eat the fruit at the end. I was like, I like eating the fruit at the end. Like when I pour it out, I'm like, I like that. And it's fine. And I think actually that the carbonation may have done, it was very minor, but I think it may have done something weird digestion wise for me. Having carbonation like every day, I'm not sure, but I feel kind of better digestion wise. I'm not sure, but I, it, it maybe it caused like a, not, I never felt like bad acid reflux or anything like that, but I just, it's very minor, but I think I, I may, maybe it's, maybe it's a uh, mental or not, but I don't know. But it, I definitely think consuming it, having that in your stomach, like all the gas or whatever, I'm not sure is, is good, you know, maybe. <laughs> so the, it sounds like it was affected you more than you, more than you expected in some ways and less yes. than you expected in others. Yeah. Yeah. I thought actually I would be totally fine. I thought actually I would, it, it would, it wouldn't be too bad. But it was it was kind of crappy for the first three or four days, and then the the part at the gym was the part where I was like, "Oh, now I got a plan for that." Because at home I could just go get the water. I was like, I "Get it from our, you know, foster or whatever." But but at the gym I was like, "Oh, now I got to get something else." So I got a larger container to bring so that, I, and I had to sort of plan for that and say, you know, maybe I should. But it kind of forced me to get a because I I would always run out of water and feel I was sweating so much I would I would just feel kind of crappy because i'd run out of water and you now i just the, 
at the, at the gym, gym before yeah. when you yeah. buy water from the vending machine. Yeah, even if I bought it, it's uh, it wasn't. And then I, I I started noticing I was so I had to look around then and see well what and I noticed a couple of the guys who actually fight they they had these massive jugs that they just use over and over again. They just use like it must have been like a juice container or something, and they just reuse the same one. And so I said, I'm just going to get something like that. So I found an, a Nalgene, but I know we, we, I was talking to you the other day about it and we were, we were saying Nalgene might not be the greatest, but so <laughs> I'm going to look for something else, but, but I grabbed a bigger container and just now that now it works out actually better. So now I have a little bit more and I don't know if I would have looked for that. I would have just kept doing that same dumb thing going to the, the machine. <laughs> yeah, I want to digress a second to going back to that machine. Cause for me spending how much is a bottle of water from the machine? A dollar? I think it's a dollar. It's a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a dollar isn't like make or break my budget. Right. A dollar every time I go to me. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly if I'm thinking there's plastic that's going right. to go somewhere. Right. It, it Wasn't that hitting you? It's like, because I see people yep. are constantly saying to me, Josh, you're yep. so privileged. You don't understand what it's like for poor people. And, you know, they don't know my history. But right. Right. let's say <laughs> I didn't. Then... When I walk around, the bottled water is everywhere. And people, yeah. like right yeah. now in, in New York City, Washington Square Park, is um, there's a lot of battles going on about who get, whose space it is. Mm. And there's all these kids. Uh, I'm not going to go all the way into it. Yeah, but I got you. There I is you. a voice of, of youth saying, we just want to have fun. It's all these old people, the rich, white, old people from, from Greenwich Village right. trying to keep us from having fun. Yeah, And I yeah. walk around and I'm like, you're claiming to be not having money, I can't afford all these bottled water. And you guys are walking around with Gatorade mm-hmm. and bottled water and, mm-hmm. and bring all this food. I can't possibly afford right. to right. eat that way. I don't get pizza. I don't get takeout. I don't get right. Gatorade and leave it unfinished. Right. I get stuff. Well, I mean, I posted my budget and I spend less than the average American getting fresh fruits and vegetables from the farmer's market. That's right. Absolutely. And, although Absolutely. I have to point out that now I'm indulging myself. I'm, now here's my glutton for sharing. <laughs> Is that I, I saw the reason I posted my budget, my annual food budget, was that I saw a post of what some economics place had posted, like the average American food budget broken down by category. Mm-hmm. So it was 20 or 30 categories, of which I didn't buy, I bought like three of those categories, mm-hmm. like fresh produce. And, and then the thing that I actually spend the most on, there was not a category for it, which is dried mm. beans. Oh, that's I, so funny. I that's think I funny. spend more on dried beans than any other single thing. Yeah. And people are like, oh, it's expensive. Dried beans are like $2 a pound. You know, it's so funny you say that because when I was training as an artist, we we like ran out of money for like a month and a half. And we we had like, I think we had 30 or $40 to get food for like the month. Mm-hmm. And so we said for about a month and a half, we said uh, we went to the store. We were like, "What can we get?" And we we're like, "Well, we want something that will give us some nutrition and give it." So we settled on lentils, and it was like, "Oh yeah, lentils." It was like seventy five cents a bag of like this huge bag of lentils was like seventy five cents or something. And so we we I was like, "Lentils, it is." Yeah. Uh, so we, <laughs> we had lentils. So it's funny you say that, you know. Actually, if you, I only learned this this year with my fridge unplugged for six and a half months, but mm. I started sprouting, and so if nice. you sprout the lentils too then you get a whole other, like the chemical composition changes. Interesting. I had a friend that would tell me about that and I never got into it, but he always had like a jar. He was like sprouting stuff. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But I never, 
I, I never sprouted, I haven't sprouted it. lentils yet, but mung beans. Anyway, back to you. Mm, yeah. What was it like before? Was it? I mean, I'm, I'm gathering it was somewhat thoughtless, but was yeah, it any totally. more than that? To- well, it definitely wasn't consciously malicious or anything like that. It was more thoughtless, like you said. It was. It was sort of like being on autopilot and just. It's almost functioning like a child. You know, like like children don't really. They just sort of. They don't think a lot about why they're doing what they're doing. They, it's sort of just a reactionary thing or whatever, or they just kind of go day to day and they don't realize that their world, like they're, they're making choices. They don't realize that though. You know, it's sort of, it sort of was, is the same thing. And, but what's interesting though, is once I started paying attention and once I stopped doing that, the coach at the gym, he was actually mad because all these new people were coming and just leaving all their crap everywhere. And they were buying a bunch of those drinks and they're half, half finished. And like, he just stacked them all up and, put them on top of the, like the locker area, like the, like the area where people put their stuff. He just stacked it all up and took a picture. He's like, all you new people or whatever, just, or just leaving all this garbage here. They're like, he's like bottles in the, in the bathroom next to the trash can, like all the paper towels next to the trash can. He's like, you're leaving all this stuff around. Like he was getting mad, you know, at everybody just leaving crap around and leaving their drinks there. So he was like yelling at everybody to try to, you know, to, you know, he's like, clean up after yourself and do this kind of a thing and all that. So it was funny because that tied in because that was sort of like a microcosm of what of what's going on, you know. And so in the world, you mean? Or yeah, in your life? yeah, yeah. I think so. In the world, like I think so because, and this is the way that I think too. We tend to be like, well, the trash took it away, you know, so we're good, you know. <laughs> so as long as it's not here, it's like as long as it's not not in front of me, like I'm okay. Yeah, and know? I pay my taxes. Someone's supposed to take care of this. So right. I, right. I should do this, right. which I can't stand because, like, that's why the taxes get high. Right. Is you doing it? All right. So yeah. let's get to the emotional interaction. What was the emotional experience? And going back from the beginning, when you first committed to it, to when you started planning, to when you had these experiences with your fridge and at the gym and, and yeah. preparing for talking about it. Yeah. I think first it was definitely like oh rats you know like a little bit of a disappointment like for not having it i think that was definitely there at the beginning and thinking like oh now i can't go back to that like you sort of miss it you know it's sort of <laughs> to me it's really funny because it's almost do you ever have those shows as a kid or things you did as a kid whatever it is like it might have been a candy you liked or like a show you watched or something like that and you have this nostalgia about it and then when you go back and look at it or taste that thing, and you're like, this is so horrible. Oh, yeah. It's so yeah. bad. You know, so, but I, I think at first it's like that nostalgia. It's, it's, oh man, I can't do this. I like this. And, and that's sort of an emotional response. But then I have a feeling I'll go back to it and be like, why did I, why did I do this <laughs> you know, later on? But this was the first stage, which was like the, oh, you know, like I'm mourning the loss of, I remember I used to ask my mom to, get me those kid do you know what kid cuisine is it's like a yeah. it's like a tv dinner type of thing I, my mom would ne- like hardly ever get them for me ever and she was like they're so bad john and i was like i want that like the commercials or something i wanted the kid cuisine and i saw one it was probably 10 years ago or something i said i'm gonna get i that was the worst i took one small bite i looked at it took one, and i was like this is the worst thing ever but as a kid i wanted it anyways so that that's sort of the emotion uh, that I was in at first for like those first like three or four days would be, Oh man, rats, you know, I I'm, I'm missing this and this is disappointing, you know? 
but then it shifted to where I felt just okay. Like I wasn't really, I just was, I just was kind of moving on from it, you know, and feeling okay about it. Like, okay, I'm sticking with this. And, but then I felt a little bit of a, a sense of pride when I would see stuff around. I'm like, well, I'm not contributing to that. You know, I mm-hmm. feel good about that. Like I'm not adding to that. Like it's bad, but I'm at least it's not, at least it's, you know, it's not another straw on the camel's back, you know? <laughs> Well, I, oh. I, a big thing for me, you know, knowing that I'm, I can't save the world myself. I right. can't do everything. Right. And, but also I don't feel bad for things. I can't change the past. I don't feel mm-hmm. bad for the mm-hmm. world that I was born into. Right. So I don't measure my well-being by things that are outside of my control. Right. Right. By a correlated to that is that things that are under my control are much more a part of how I feel. So if I do the best that I can, I feel great. Right. Even if right. I haven't done that's right. You know, everything that would, you know, even people are like, oh, well, what one person does doesn't matter. In my personal experience, what I do is a hundred percent of what determines how I feel. Right. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, like, you know, the, there's people that have the, the argument, well, you know, a meteor is going to come probably and hit earth eventually anyways, and destroy everything. We have to reset anyways. And, you know, and, and or whatever, different things like that. But, but my, response to them is always, well, yeah, but what's happening in your heart, what's happening in your head, like, like the choices that you're making are affecting you. Like, not just, even if you, even if you don't care about other people, or even if you don't like, like it's what's happening with you. That's the whole idea. And you think it's, I always talk to my kids about this and, and indulgence and overconsumption and things like that. I talk to them about, I I say, what do you think would happen if I let you do whatever you wanted and you had endless resources. I said, like I asked my son, we were talking about, it, I said, well, what do you think, what do you think would happen? I said, if we had all the money in the world and we, and you had all the time in the world. And I just, you, that was a constant funnel of that to you. And he said, well, he said, to be honest, dad, he said, I'd probably be fat and I'd be playing Fortnite all day or something. <laughs> and I said, I said, that's really, I said, that's good that you're saying that, man. I said, that's about right. I said, you know, I said, you have to, in order to, in order to actually, it's, it's, it seems counterintuitive, but in order to actually be happy, you have to give up things and you have to think about other people. Like you, you'd think it would be the opposite. The more I'm more selfish I am, the more I think about maximizing my pleasure and maximizing my whatever. It's the opposite. It's the opposite of that. That is actually, actually what makes you happy. So you might get euphoria at first by, you know, getting a present on your birthday or something like that. You might get euphoria from that for a second or whatever, whatever the word is, but that's not what's actually going to make you have joy, true joy. You know, it's interesting. So um, yeah, would you rather get a gift or walk through mud to save a baby? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and so, and one takes risk, one takes sacrifice, one takes, you know, and so, it's interesting. So anyways, there was a little bit of, of that shift that was happening in me where I'm starting off like, like, you know, lamenting my, my, so the, what, what, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I want to focus on something that you said, you said that people, it affects people who say, well, we might get hit by media and you say, right. well, look at you right here, right now. Right. It affects you. What yes. I think you're saying, what you do affects you, even right. if you don't, all right. That feeling that you're describing right now, mm-hmm. that they know what they're doing. Right. 
I want to revisit now. I want to ask you again a question about you getting the bottles of water at the gym yeah. before. Yeah. Not from a financial perspective, but right. were how unaware were you? And was there an awareness that that you were talking about right. that person? Was there right. more of awareness that you that you noticed? Or am I looking for yeah. something where it's not there? No, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Like when I think about myself, I didn't even engage on that level. I didn't even it wasn't even it was sort of for me, it wasn't, it wasn't a malicious thing. Like, and what's so weird and I don't understand this, but like it, it's a, uh, once, once it gets pointed out, all of a sudden you start seeing it. You're like, Oh yeah, the trash is full of those. This is here. It's on the side of the road. It's here. It's weird that I didn't see it. You know, it's an interesting question that you've asked me before is, is, you know, about awareness. Like, would you, would you go back to being unaware or would you, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about that before and, and I would always stick with the awareness. And so I'm doing things that will make me uncomfortable <laughs> because I want to be aware. I want that. And so I think, yeah, I think I want to be fair with other people that they may like give them the the due that they may just be because everyone else around you is doing it and you're not thinking about it. You're just not thinking about it. And so it's not that people necessarily want to destroy the world. And I guess you can't really tell until you have people get confronted with the information what their choice is. But, but I, I do think for me, I just didn't even think about it. I so you're genuinely it. just zero awareness and no connection between that and the bottles on the street. Or it sounds stupid. It must sound so stupid. Like, but it, yeah, I, I mean, I really think so. Like, I mean, I think cause no one had ever, and, and it was funny cause that was the experience I had when I first started talking to you, like you were saying something, you, you said, you said, what does the environment mean to you? I said, I have no idea. That was my first response. I said, I have no idea. I don't know. And I said, let me think about it for a second. I don't know, which sounds ridiculous because it's such a huge part of your life. What does your family mean to you? Oh, they mean this. Or what does your job mean to you? I mean, I'm in the environment. It doesn't make any sense. I don't, that's weird. But your lack of awareness reminds me, if I'm not overstating it, is no, reminds me of the the villain in, there were a couple of villains in the movie, The Matrix. Mm -hmm. And there was the one guy who sold them out. And there's a scene where he's at the restaurant. He's like, you know, yes. he's like, oh, I can taste yes. the steak. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And he stresses, I want to remember nothing. Right, right. I right. want zero awareness. Take right. all the awareness out. Right. That's what he wants. Right. He wants to go back to, he's like ignorant. It, he actually takes the, the bite, I think, and he says, ignorance is, he says, I know this steak isn't real or whatever. He says, but ignorance is bliss. That's what he, that's what he Did says. He say that? Yeah. I forget that line, yeah. but. That I want to remember nothing is yeah. I think a lot of people are living that actively. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't want to make, please don't make me aware. Someone's going to solve this. I'm not, someone else will. And as long as it's going to be right. solved by someone, then right. don't make me feel bad because I can't do anything. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that lack of awareness too, it comes down to, so like it's not talked about in Christendom, like in, in Christian circles, they don't talk about the environment. So I've been, you know, part of that. So there's that, that also like just a lot of the things that I do, like, I, like, it's not, it's not in the, the, like people in my circle don't talk about it very often, you know? And I think like, I'm going to interrupt you. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. This is why I'm so enthusiastic about connecting with those audiences and and offline. You and I are talking about that a lot. And the, cause I think the bludgeoning, Yo, you're so bad. You're so guilty. Look at you. You're so ignorant of the right. science. Right. That enables people to focus on the, let's say, attacker. 
right. instead of themselves. Yes. And now yes. Can, their their awareness is like is so much on this other thing that oh they're make, trying to make me feel guilty. Look at them and right. they're oh it's for for thee and not for me and so forth. Right. Then they don't notice that I want to heighten that awareness and the feeling of when I'm acting on my on, on stewardship. Mm-hmm. I've said to you this before, but for people who haven't heard me say it before, I think it's going to catch on like wildfire. Yeah. That yeah. People are going to like the Christian communities among among and conservatives as well are going to say yeah. this is personal responsibility. Yep. And from a political win perspective, I think they could pass the liberals like they were standing still. Right. Right. Well, I think and and stewardship is a biblical concept. Stewardship is absolutely a biblical concept. Like that's like your money isn't yours. It's God's. Your your wife isn't yours. That the whole discussion is like she's not like you treat her as you would treat yourself, you know? And you're not your own, you're his. Like, so you have to, it's a stewardship thing. It's like, he gave you this body. Like, you know, that's the whole idea of like your body being the temple and stuff like that. Right. So it's a stewardship thing. It's like, that's such a, like a concept of even like a lot of the parables, like he might've been talking about something else, but when Christ is talking about parables, he's talking about, he he gives one where he talks about, he gives some, like somebody takes some money from someone and one of them just you know, squanders it, one of them, you know, invests it and does that. And what, you know, it's like a stewardship thing. It's the idea of like, these things are being given to you and you have a, that stewardship is, is key. And so that's such a concept that's pervasive throughout, you know, and that's, that would be a a Jewish concept. That would be a Christian concept. That would probably be a Muslim concept too, you know? And, And so it's a, yeah, that, that made a lot of sense to me when you said that I was like, yes, you know, and and it's not about like, so let's say the earth, like, cause you know, there's some Christians be like, well, it's all going to burn or whatever. You know, they'll say something like that, you know, and then you'll have some other people on the, on the other side. They're like, there's going to be a big meteor. It's the same sort of thing that people will say, but that doesn't matter because that's not what you're called to do. You're called to be a good steward. It doesn't matter if you knew down the road, like if, if I knew that my child was going to die of cancer, right. In, five years, let's say like my son was going to die at 15 and I somehow knew that, right. I knew he was going to die. I still have to be, be a steward of those years that he has and, and do that. I would not just say, well, he's going to die at 15. So what the heck? I mean, he's bound for that anyway. So screw him. You know, like I would never do that. Right. I would never do that. He's been given to me and I, and I would, in fact, I would feel much more of a uh, responsibility you know, to, to be a good steward during that time. So, yeah, so that concept is so, that's a very powerful concept. And, but also it's, I think to accept that is to accept the fact that we don't own it and we don't have the rights that we think we have over it. If you like the show, I recommend acting as my guests do. It works best with someone supportive, your spouse, parents, kids, neighbors, or friends. Learn the four-step process I do with my guests and describe in my TEDx talks and do it together. You'll find yourself acting on something you care about, something meaningful. Whether you start big or small, it doesn't matter. If you care, if it's meaningful, you'll keep doing it. You'll reach big. Eventually, stewardship will feel normal. You'll wish you had started earlier. Second, I recommend donating to help this podcast at joshuaspodick.com slash donate. I promote degrowth and stewardship, which no advertiser will touch, but brings joy, community, connection, and abundance to you when you act and global change in the long run. Help us keep going. That's joshuaspodek.com slash donate. We could go off on this for several yeah, hours. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm so, sorry. 
I'm no, no, apologies. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Wanna, for listeners, I want to call it. This is why I don't, when I started the podcast, I did the following, and this is why I don't do it anymore, which is like, here's one little thing you can do for the environment. Yeah. And people hear this and they think, oh, Josh, that's so great how you get people to do little things. It's not little. <laughs> it could be big. It could be little. It's meaningful. Right. It's right. coming from an intrinsic motivation that's already there because when that, when it comes from something internal and what you're talking about is I'm reading it as coming from in your heart that was there totally. long before I ever met yeah. you. I yeah. didn't put it there. And I never could have guessed at these things. Mm-hmm. All right. Now I want to go from yeah. emotion to relationship. Yeah. Did sometimes this doesn't affect relationships with others. Sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. Did this challenge affect your interactions with other people? So how? I don't think so too much, but the, oh, but, but that one little situation that happened, like I said, was sort of a evidence of what might happen in the future with this, where they were like, here, take this bottle of water or something. And I'm like, no, I want to get it from the tap. So then I have to have that conversation, right? Mm -hmm. So then somebody's going to be like, oh, this guy thinks he's high and mighty. Like, you know, he's he's like a, you know, you're saving the world, John, you know? And, (laughs) you know, it's going to be that sort of... Now, that that was my family member and they they know me. There wasn't that. That wasn't... They didn't even question it. They just said, oh, okay, sure, I'll get it for you. You know, they, they know me. But I could see someone that didn't know me very well thinking that sort of thing. And then I'm like, no, I would have to tell them, no, look, I'm a mess. I'm still trying to work on this, 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 and this, but I'm just trying to do something. I'm just trying to try to do something. You know, that's how I would probably couch it to them. Like, I just want to, I just want to take action, like, you know, and do something and then I can do this. So this one I can do. And, you know, that's probably how I would say it to them, but I will have to have that conversation. So I think it, I think I see the high potential of it affecting relationships in some way. And some people maybe not liking that, or some people may be being inspired by that, or some people might, you know, I don't know. So we'll see. It means there's a weird situation where, I mean, you're going to say to them, well, I messed up in all these different areas. I'm just trying. Also, I don't know how well this can be communicated, but part of the reason that you kept polluting was in deference to them. I care about you so much that I don't want to, you know, this conversation is troubling and I didn't want to bring it up. Right. For all this time, but now I really feel I have to. Yeah. Or whatever your motivation, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actually, how do you say it's because of you I'm polluting? And that's actually how much I care about you, not right. passing the buck or blaming. Right. Well, and, you know, you not flying at all, that puts tension on family or it puts tension on, you know, they, you have to make that choice. And for someone wouldn't understand that. They would think you're just, we talked about that in the, in the first conversation we had where, People see that if you say you can't fly or something or you're not going to fly, they see that as I don't want to see my mom or I don't want to. Yeah. They that's how they view it, uh, and so that person, then your mom or whoever, is thinking the same thing. You just don't want to see me, and you don't, you know. But you, I've had family members like that too, where it's whatever value it is, whatever we're talking about. I'm trying to show them how I would have to violate. It's not that I I love them and all these types of things and. Let's just, let's say like, I don't know, let's say, I mean, this didn't happen, but let's say like a family member, like, like an extended family member was like getting plastered somewhere, right? Just acting like a total jerk or whatever. And and, and I was like, well, I don't really think I'm going to bring my kids, you know, to like, this is, it's kind of just, if they were young or something like that, it's like a, whatever, I don't know. Maybe that's not a good analogy, but like, you know, it, it's be a situation like that where they're like, well, you just don't like me. It's like, well, no, it's not that. It's just. I'm making a stand value wise for what, you know, something that's a bad example. Cause I probably would take them anyways, and, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? It's that sort of a situation where 
where you have to live according to your values and people are offended by that, but they're not seeing it from your perspective. I don't know. Yeah. For me, where it comes down, the biggest is my, my nephews who live with my younger sister and her husband in New Zealand. They work for mm-hmm. the state department. Mm-hmm. And so I only see them when they come to the States, yeah. which is rare. Yeah. And in now my father, his way of looking at it is look, I care about the environment. Of course it's important to me, but this mm-hmm. is family and what, boom, right. Everything else is like, right. means nothing. Right. And not only does everything else mean nothing, but he also doesn't think more about it. Right. Whereas I think, well, these young boys, these soon to be young men are, they're going to live 30 more years, you know, roughly speaking after I'm gone. Right. And it's out of my love for them that I'm right. trying to help make the world that right. those 30 years. And also now as, as wonderful as possible and not as well, we see the headlines of the mega storms and the flooding right. and the droughts and the wildfires right. and so forth. And I think there's a pretty good chance that lots of people of today's, oh, there's already the okay boomer stuff of people mm-hmm. like, Oh right. my God, they were so <laughs> indulgent. You know, they, yes. they're, they're hippies saying it's peace and love. And then next thing you know, they're like, what can I do for myself? Mm-hmm. And now we're paying the price. Right. Cause you know, before the boomers, you could say, well, they didn't, there was no climate change on the horizon and plastic. Yeah. Ha- there's no possible way people could have imagined it would fill the Pacific ocean. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's not say fill the Pacific ocean, but you know, like, yeah. Mess so, up sections, yeah. So fill it that, that it's in our veins from yeah. the food that we eat because it's been, right. you know, it's everywhere and increasing. Right. Well, all right. Someone born in 1900, they lived almost their entire life and probably their entire life, never knowing that was actually mm. it was even possible, but not the right. boomers and certainly not us, mm-hmm. that we know what's going on. Right. And I know that there are going to be lots of people who are going to curse previous generations if they're not already. Mm. And while that does that, is that going to mean their parents and grandparents? Mm. Well, in my case, it's not going to mean their uncle. Right. And right. maybe I didn't see them face to face as much as yeah. I could yeah. have, but I'm not contributing to global, right. distru- you know, right. to lowering the earth's ability to sustain life. Right. Right. And that's the whole thing is, is, you know, like Penn, Penn and Teller, like Penn, you know, he's a, he's an atheist, but he was saying on his uh, YouTube channel one time, I thought it was really interesting. He said, there was a guy who was a Christian that went to his show and was talking to him and said, and was like, try, it was like, like to show was talking to him, was real nice to him and everything. And it was trying to, you know, tell him about God and saying, Hey man, you know, you should, you know, and, and Penn was like, he said, and like everybody, you know, a lot of the people that were responding, like, I think it was a live chat or something like that. A lot of people were like, Oh, that, that idiot, you know, believing in the spaghetti, flying spaghetti monster or whatever. You know, and, and he was like, guys, he said, how much does this guy have to hate me to not tell me about this? He's like, I don't believe it. He said, I don't believe it. He said, I think it's ridiculous. He said, but this guy believes it. He said, so how much, how much would he have to hate me to not say something about so not it? how much did he hate him? How much would he have to? Right. If he didn't say something, like if he was like, good, like let him go to hell, let him do whatever, you know, that kind of a thing. If he had that attitude. And so, but it takes a, it takes us specific type of person to understand that. So even if somebody didn't agree with you about your stance, let's, let's say somebody said the science isn't right. You're not right. Nothing's happening or whatever, you know, whatever their stance is. If they, even if they just knew that you believed that they would be like, well, he has to do that. Like for me, I'm like, when I went to send you something, I said, I want to send you a painting. And you said, don't, you know, don't send it. Like, that's really great. I appreciate it. Like, it's like you sent it, but don't send it, you know? And I was like, oh, I, you know, for me, I didn't even think about it. 
But I was like, duh. I was like, duh, of course I'm not going to send him that. Like that makes perfect sense. And, and I thought from, you know, from his perspective, and this was back when we first were talking, I was like, oh yeah, of course. I said, yeah, no one. Yeah. And I was like, it's actually be like almost like a smack in the face. If I did send it to him, like it's, it's almost the opposite. you know. So, so I totally understood that from your, your perspective. And then it made me think about, okay, well maybe, maybe I should, is there, I shouldn't send packages or maybe I should do this or maybe I should, there's different ways to do it. You know? And so anyways, it's, I think, um, I think people have to, it's, it's tough because a lot of people don't think that way. They don't think about where the person's coming from, you know, whether they agree or not, because even, I mean, I think you're, you're a scientist. And so I think you understand the science. So, so for somebody to say the science wasn't true, you could probably talk about that if you wanted to, but Typically, if somebody is saying that, nothing you say is going to matter anyways, but at least they should understand your nephews and different people should understand that this is like you're, this is like life or death. You're asking, they're asking you to choose between like innocent people suffering or, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, that's what they're asking you to choose between, you know? So yeah, I get it. I, I mean, I get it. And so there's that side of it. And I think that will happen the more you start to head down that path and or more I start to head down that path. I mean, that will start to happen. The more a person does like that will, you just, you, you get in those uncomfortable situations, but this is what I think. I think that the thing that's great about that though, is even the, the things that make people uncomfortable are the things that make them grow and change. And they don't think they want them want that. They think they want everyone to just constantly affirm everything they do all the time regardless, but that's not what they really want. They think they want that, but they don't. They really don't. It's not what's best for them. You know, if I always tell my kids, everything you do is great. Everything is amazing. Like you're good at everything like this and that, like, it's like the worst possible thing I could do for them. Like now going to the other extreme and saying, everything you do is horrible and every, you're worthless. And the, that's, that's horrible too. You know what I mean? It's not that I'm not saying we should do that, but but I'm just saying, you know, if I never challenge them to do anything, that's the worst, you know? <laughs> so am I reading right to know your values and to live by them? So it's not all no, it's not all yes. It's yes for things that should get a yes and no for things that should get a no. But you right. got to know where the should comes from. That's yes. your values. Yes. 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 Is this the end of this exercise for you? Is it the beginning of, are you continuing it? If you're continuing it, are you continuing to more? Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm sort of, um, you're like kind of like at what I would call like black belt level, you know, and I love it because it's like, you know, you and you think three or four steps down the road too, like you have a really, a really good understanding of because I'll say something, oh, yeah, this and you'll say, well, there's this consideration as well. And this and this and this and that, like, for instance, when I talked about, um, well, maybe I should get uh, solar panels. And then we had the whole conversation about how, I don't know, you probably might not remember, but we talked about, it was like a month or two ago or whatever. And you said, solar panels are great. You know, this is really good, but getting solar, like you have to make sure you don't get solar panels. Be like, sweet. Now I've got extra energy I can just use. And, (laughs) you know, and I'm going to need solar panels sooner because they get, you know, or whatever, you know, it's, there's a different way of thinking about it. And it's sort of, like I said, it's like your black belt mentality. And so, but I'm going to head towards that. I might be a white belt right now, but I'm I'm heading, I'm heading there, you know? (laughs) So, (laughs) <laughs> it's very pleasing to hear. And the, I mean, this is why I do it because yeah. you're not just saying it, you're saying it with a smile. You're laughing while you say it. You're oh not, yeah. Oh God. What more? To, all right. I did the no straws. What? No meat. 
the straws didn't make a difference. The meat's not going to make a difference either. You're not, right. you're the opposite of that from an emotional perspective. Oh yeah. And I mean, I don't have it all together. Like, and there's still, you know, it's like weaning off or, or breaking, not weaning, breaking from certain addictions and addictions. I don't even know I have right now. I don't even, there's some, I don't even know I have, but they will come to light, you know? And, and then you have to deal with them. Like, that's the thing. You can push it under the bed. You can sweep it all under the bed. You can do, you can do that if you want, but that is not my style. Like that is, that is poison. Like it's, it's the same as taking emotions and feelings and burying them deep. (laughs) You know, like it will come to a head. Like it's never good. And no one would ever say it's good for someone to go through their life and say, listen, every hurt that you ever have, don't address it. Just, (laughs) just push it to the side. Just like, you know, no one would ever say that, but, but everybody says that about the environment or says that about other things too. You know, they just say, well, just, you know, like, like that guy, like ignorance is bliss, you know, eating that steak. Like I want to remember nothing, you know, and, and I don't want to feel guilty. And I'm like, you don't have to feel guilty if you take steps, you know, and they don't have to be massive steps. It's like, we've talked about, they just need to be meaningful for you at that time. And you didn't come in and ask me, John, listen, create a, you know, you need to, you need to get rid of your fridge and you need to like, I would have been like, Whoa, dude. Whoa. You know, it would be like me showing up at the MMA gym and them saying, all right, here's the octagon. Uh, this guy's a, a four in one. Uh, you're against him. You know, I, I would have been like, I'm done. I, I'm not doing this. You know, I would have been like, no, I can't do that. You know, I'm out of here. Like, is this what uh, I didn't sign up for this, you know? And I would have said the same thing. I would have been like, Whoa, dude, hold up. Like I gotta, you know, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. So yeah, it's definitely going to be something that, that sticks with me. And, and I'm trying to do that with every area of my life. And I have lots of even just behavioral things and stuff. And I find a lot of whatever the, like even the lack of awareness that we're talking about, that's a problem. That's always been a problem for me. So it conveys like a, like I convey a lack of caring to the people in my life because of the lack of awareness. And it's been a constant thing since I was little. You know, and I'm, I'm better now than I was for sure. And I've tried to work on it, but even that is a root issue that I have to deal with of myself first. It's forcing me to look at myself. And I, I know you and I both know uh, Goggins. Some people don't know him, but Goggins, what's his first name? Um, David, uh, the former Navy SEAL. Yes. And so every time he does a video, he's running, number one. Like every time he posts an update, he's doing something. He's never just sitting on his couch talking about how you should be motivated. He's like, in the middle of running and whoever the boss is, that's like running next to him, holding the camera the whole time too. They're keeping up with him. But you know, it's, you know, one of those things where it's, it's, he's throwing out the challenge. And, and I actually heard one where you said he, he recorded himself talking about something and he's like, I mean, I won't use too many expletives, for, but he was just like, I sounded like a, like a wimp, you know, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. it's like, I sound, you know, he's like, I've heard myself play it back. And, you know, he said, there's those demons you have to slay and, and they usually go deeper than you think. So someone who like you and I have, have addressed this too, where you, your view of yourself and your view of your own health and your view of health in general, it impacts how you view the environment. So someone who trashes their own body and does that and, and puts garbage in their own body is probably going to be more likely to put garbage out there, you know, with everything else. So it is a more... Yeah, you start opening it up and it feels tough at first to open it up and to and to deal with all that stuff that you you've got to change, you've got to 
it's like the first six months of training in MMA. You just re- you're weak. You know nothing. You just get smashed. Your muscles hurt every night. You realize like all that whatever sport you did in high school like really doesn't help you because you just you are totally helpless. Like someone could kill you if they wanted to there, and you just you feel stupid because. You know, like you're just dominated, you know, but you have to go through that period to get to the point. And then later on, you're walking into a room and you're like, I could beat up 99 out of 100 dudes in here. You know, I could like, there's no way, you know, like the average people. And then there's the one that's that trains and you're like, forget that. But but but, you know, you get to that point where you have a lot more confidence and you and you can enjoy situations in life better. You cannot you don't feel like you're going to flip out and be angry. You're under control. You learn humbleness. You learn, you know, there's, it's just, so it's the same sort of thing. So for me, this is the same. Let's open it up. Let's open it up. Let's bear all the, uh, all the bad stuff and, and then let's start fixing it. <laughs> I'm going to, you know? this is to me a very juicy topic and I'm mm. going to leave it as a teaser for our next conversation. Mm. All right. Cause all right. I know that we have coming up a conversation on you doing the Spodic method mm-hmm. with your wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's going to bring up a whole bunch of other things because you're now you're going to be sharing with her and she's yep. going to be you. Yes. Yes. And you're going to be me and we're going to hear how that's, how that goes. So let's yeah. wrap up this one with, is there anything that you want to say directly to listeners who are now waiting with bated breath for <laughs> conversation number six? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, what I would say is two things. Like the first thing is, like, don't be, this is kind of dovetails of what we were saying, but don't be afraid of that awareness. Don't be the, uh, the ostrich and put your head in the, in the sand or in the hole, you know, run towards that. And it's uncomfortable to run towards that. But it, like, like I said, now when I see trash and stuff like that, I'm like, I'm doing something about it. Like I'm doing something about it. Like, and I can, and I can grow with that. I don't have to look at that and now look away and feel guilty because I'm not trying, you know, I'm trying and it's going to get better and better and more and more and more as time goes on. And that's a better position to be in than one that where you're like, it's just like your feelings, like you're saying, where you don't, where you're stuffing it down. Like it's a healthier way, even though it's uncomfortable at first run towards that awareness, you know, don't be afraid of that and don't push it off. It's going to be better for you to do that. Um, I would say that. And, uh, and then, Take, just take action, take some steps, like do something. And I, it's what I tell my artists in training when I'm training them. I, I say, you're struggling with motivation, struggling. With, I said, draw a doodle on a, on a sheet of paper, just draw one doodle and just do it. Just go. You know, that's the first step. The first step is do something, do something. And I'm, I'm going to specify, yeah. sorry to interrupt, but to, no, I love not it. Just, it. When you say do something, I'm going to say, you've now listened to me with Jonathan, mm-hmm. the Spodek method. Mm-hmm. is if you do the Spodic method with, you know, a friend, a mm-hmm. spouse, a neighbor, someone who's generally supportive and non-judgmental, and you know the process, the fir- and you can have them listen to these conversations, look up on my podcast, uh, on my blog for the steps, but it's, what does the environment mean to you? Mm-hmm. I invite you at your option to think of something you can do to act on what you care about, not to fix the whole world, mm-hmm. but on what you care about. Then right. make it a smart goal and then arrange to talk again after yeah. the, the period of time is done and do it both ways. So you both have something you yeah. can say, let's make it a two week thing or one month thing or mm-hmm. something to constrain the time. Mm-hmm. And that generally still works. And then you do something based on what you care about and you'll get, I predict that you're going to have, it'll be you 
but something like what Jonathan, like the, the tone Jonathan has been taking yeah. in, this, in this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And, Even and after having done all the stuff before and we yes. accidentally, and accidentally erased it, like, did right. he sound like he was acting to you or did he sound like he was genuinely sharing something that was so I'm reading that you couldn't and wouldn't want to keep it inside you. Nah, man, it's, it's, and we didn't know each other more than what, three months ago, four months ago. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah. I well, cold I, contacted you because a friend had seen your webpage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's from my art journey like that, that that's, that's what, yeah. Like that long, massive thread of me going from super crappy to, to pro artist, you know, super that, awesome. I will say you, you're too <laughs> humble to say it. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm like, so I talk about this with people. I'm like a black belt, but then there's people who are like world champions and like have all those stripes. I'm like a black belt, but I'm not that world champion in the, I'm not there yet. I can, I need like 20 more years, but, but I am professional. I am really good, but I, man, I got a lot. I got a lot to learn. I got a lot. Most of the professionals I hang with are much better than me, unfortunately, but. (laughs) So, but your message, if, if I'm not shortening it too much was Mm -hmm. you're going to love it, do something. Yes. And I find it to, in particular, if something's not already obvious to you, do this product method with someone yes. in both directions and do it together yeah. with them. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it, some people are like, it's just like exercise, right? So they, everybody feels like, like that, that initial discomfort is, is it's off putting for them. Right. And so I just like to get people just start walking, just start doing something like you will like it. You will enjoy it. You know, you will like, it will be hard at times. It'll be that, but it, you will prefer it. You will prefer it. You will. Like, I, I mean, have you ever had somebody genuinely go through this and do it and be genuine about it? Not actually, you know, some people lie or don't do it probably and don't try or something, but everybody who's tried prefers it. Right. Yeah. I mean, there are yeah. people who haven't tried or people who don't like when I ask them what the environment means to them, they, they never get past the cocktail party answer. Or when I ask, mm. you know, when I invite them to do something, they, they come up with stuff that is not genuinely it's, you know, they'll just say straws or no meat, but when they don't really right. care about straws or meat. Right. Right. Yes. And it, yeah. Yeah. Other so, people who share something and then when they share it, it's like, it's an honor to hear what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And then when they come up with something, it's, it's like eye opening to be like, I didn't realize it could be like that. And then I can't wait to hear the response. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just like this awareness and this that's happening now. Somebody might say, Let's say that I didn't do anything, right? Let's say that I did nothing else. And I just, let's just say I only just stayed away from these drinks, which I'm not going to do, but like, I'm going to do more than that. I'm saying, let's just say that but that's all it stayed there. Well, now I've impacted my wife. Now I've impacted my kids by having the conversation. Now I've impacted all the people I'm going to talk to when I just don't do those little things. So if I just did those little things, picking up trash at the park, why are you picking up trash, John? I've had that conversation with people. My kids have started picking up trash when they see it and not being afraid to get their hands dirty or whatever, you know, they like, you know, and so even if that's it, it's already affected them. So now not just one person, now it's turned to three people, which are my kids, which will grow up thinking differently. And my wife also will grow and all the other people I talk to. So that's just very, very small actions now being multiplied because of that, um, because of like, so that's, and that's if I do nothing else, (laughs) You know, that's if I've, I do nothing but what I've done, which I don't plan on, but I'm just saying even that is measurable. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah, just, just try it. Like, you know, get, try the method, try, get out there, do something, you know, do something meaningful to you. And, and yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. You state it much more clearly than I do. I'm sorry, but I appreciate the clarification. <laughs> and then this is where we're going to pick up next time on conversation mm-hmm. number six. Yeah. 
Let's go now much talk as, about my wife. Most of us would love to keep going. Uh, but we're going to stop. <laughs> Jonathan Hardesty, thank you very much. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. How many people are bringing a message of joy from what everyone calls saving the environment, but I call the future? Step by step, this podcast is creating a culture of joy, community, and connection around sharing and acting on our environmental values. Again, there's no profit in buying and wasting less, but we'll all love our lives and relationships more when we do. I can use your support. Please donate at joshuaspodick.com slash donate. Again, that's joshuaspodick.com slash donate.